Paula, I am sorry to report that I completely bungled up my ding-dang toe this week. Oh, what a cool intro to a podcast. (laughs) What a cool, fun, awesome intro to a podcast. That I hurt myself? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big, dumb idiot, and I I moved a, a bench from in my bedroom to in the hallway, thinking it looked nice. And then it was nighttime, and I just absolutely walloped my toe into the side of the Ugh. the um, bench. And it's uh, it's pretty black and blue. Ew, ew. I'm. You know what? I'm not a medical person. Sure. Despite being a doctor, despite being a trained um, obstetrician, I'm not. What's that word? Obstetrician. <laughs> I study abs. <laughs> yeah, I love your abs. <laughs> I do surgery on the abs. <laughs> I cut people open. I push them around. <laughs> the, the the technical term, push them around. Yeah, I push them around. I kind of make them happen. Um, is it really gross looking? You're making. It sounds like you don't want to know. Are you one of these people who like doesn't want to know but does want to know about medical no. stuff? You know what? I'm one of those people who uh, avoids that kind of stuff at all costs. Okay, well it's then the we don't. Have to... like, um, it's the same with like uh, pimple popping videos. Do you watch those? Oh, like where you pull like or like pore strips or things like that. Well, pore strips are different. Pimple popping videos is somebody else, and you go online and you are watching a doctor pop a gross pimple that has been there for 150 years. I don't like that at all, but I do think I would like the sensation of being the person whose pimple was popped. It is a TLC show. It's a television show. It got so popular. Don't we, probably ask- should, we probably should have put a content warning at the beginning of this episode. Don't ask me what the show's about. I mean, it's called Dr. Pimple Popper, so I think we can figure it out. But I, <laughs> I cannot watch it. I cannot be present for any medical stuff. That sounds really gross to watch. Um, yeah, it really is. Josh, do you think it's broken? Unclear. Can I you did- walk? I can walk. All right. Probably not broken. Yeah. Or it's broken in a way that makes it easy for me to walk. It doesn't make I, it easier for you to walk. Yeah, do, you think, do you think this is one of those injuries that actually is working in your benefit? Yeah. So it's weird. I actually, um, you know, uh, the movie, it's not Little Big League. What's the one with the Cubs? Where, the kid, <laughs> where he breaks his arm and suddenly he can throw 99 miles per hour and the Cubs draft him and he's a little kid pitching in the major leagues. The thing is, I was never able to put spin on a soccer ball, but I'm bending it like Beckham now. Hold up. So so we kind of just drifted past something. There's a movie about mm-hmm. a kid that breaks his arm and can throw 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets, and, then the Cubs draft him and then his arm heals or he re-breaks his arm near the end and he can't do it anymore, but they're in, like they're vying for a playoff spot or they're in the World Series and he still has to pitch. The, and the Cubs don't have a backup plan. No, they don't have a, they're the Cubs. They don't have a backup plan. And also, um, the, there's no child labor laws. There are no child labor laws at all. It's called Rookie of the Year. Okay. It yeah. stars Thomas Ian Nicholas and Gary Busey. Oh, my two boyfriends? <laughs> um, 
that was a weird subgenre of 90s movies. Was like, kids gotta do a grown-up thing. <laughs> yeah. There's also Blank Check, where he yep. gets like a million dollars. There was... There's, there's also Little Big League, which is also a movie about a kid who becomes the manager of the Minnesota Twins. Okay, two cities... One state, one city that I personally am familiar with. So that's kind of, maybe this is a sign that I'm baseball. Yeah, you're baseball. You're Dr. Baseball now. Dr. Baseball obstetrician. (laughs) Welcome to Being Earnest, a very sincere podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Paula. And we're here to talk about the earnest and sincere topics of the day. Tip of the hat. Paula, what's our topic this week? Dinosaurs. You know, because I think that actually fits in. Because I would be surprised if dinosaurs had good memories. <laughs> Go on. I, it just feels like a fact. I feel like dinosaurs would have really bad memories. They would not be able to remember stuff. Yeah, and you, they just, on their arms, have tons of notes written yeah. down. <laughs> it's <I'm> like, <laughs> I want to write Memento, the movie Memento, but it's a T-Rex being like, how did I get here? <laughs> Little strings around all their claws being like, I know I'm supposed to remember something. I got this tattoo for a reason. Well, I mean, they're so big. and But they have little lizard brains. Yeah, it's Has true. Has anybody ever studied? Now, now, we know that dinosaurs don't exist anymore, uh, allegedly. I thought you were about to say dinosaurs didn't exist. And we know like... dinosaurs didn't exist. Jesus put them there as a joke to see if you knew about them, if you knew about him, Jesus. Um, but has anybody studied like their, it's their memory. It's possible that meteors hit earth all the time back then. And they just forgot and they never prepared fully. And that's why they're extinct. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, in that telling of it, are you saying that the reason we know that a meteor hit earth is because they did write it down in that one (laughs) instance? (laughs) because this is this is the problem i have with um yeah i guess that's really where land before time would come from right is because they have no concept of time yeah because they're like goldfish they like they're stupid they're just dumb and and it's not that it's that's not a value statement we're not saying that dinosaurs are lesser or better than anyone because they're dumb they just are dumb they're just not bright yeah, exactly. How you bright had, would you be if you didn't have a short-term memory or a long-term memory? Little goldfish running around the earth. They didn't invent computers. Those idiots. <laughs> That's how we can tell if a species is good or not. If it can invent the computer. They didn't invent the Sims. Yeah. I do like the idea of the Sims, but all dinosaurs and there's no homes. and you, <laughs> But you still want to make them kiss. They're just woohooing. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever they please. They're ac- it's actually they uh they would pronounce that raw rawing. Raw rawing. <laughs> Everyone has one goal in the Sims. <laughs> Transcends time. <laughs> A land before time. I keep coming back to it because, I, which is weird because I never really got into those movies. I know they were a big part of like when we were kids, people freaking loved land before time people love land before time for those who don't know was a cartoon there was a bunch of them there was like a thousand yes um which is funny because that does imply a sequence and therefore time (laughs) like land before time three has to have happened 
in some kind of chronological order after before time one you're really getting very philosophical with this i am it's also technically the land before history is really what we're talking about time did not exist it's just we don't have written history anyway paula go ahead land before time was a cartoon about dinosaurs it was they were named like littlefoot but he was big you know wouldn't it be more fun if they really dove into the land before time thing and the plot was just like they were supposed to meet their friend for lunch but since they hadn't invented time (laughs) they were like well, are we just supposed to sit here all day? It's like, um, and I am not Hang spoiling on. Watchmen at all in this, but have you seen HBO's Watchmen or read the books? <laughs> oh, take a look at me. Tell me if you think I've read or seen HBO's Watchmen. I don't know. No. So one of the characters <laughs> kind of lives all of their life simultaneously. So what is happening 50 years before also is happening right now, also is happening 50 years in the future. They experience it all at once. I'm imagining a very like art house film of Land Before Time where it's like up to the viewer to figure out the sequencing. It's just individual vignettes that give you small notes towards where they might fit together. It's a very like it's all black and white. There's a lot of smoking. Our initial reaction with dinosaurs is we're like, what's the Christopher Nolan movie in this? Did you watch Land Before Time? Was that a thing that you? Um, I watched some of them. I I think I definitely had a thing for those, uh, the weird 90s movies that were not uh, Disney. Sure. So what non-Disney animated movies were your favorite? Oh, I mean, I've spoken at length of my love of Thumbelina, the story about the thumb-sized girl who gets engaged several times. Sure. Kind of saw myself in her as a sure. tiny woman with long hair. Mm-hmm. And Got multiple it. engagements. And multiple engagements. I'm none of those things. None. I loved Brave Little Toaster. Oh, wow. Do you remember that film? I know of Brave Little Toaster. Oh, let me tell you about Brave Little Toaster. Essentially, he's thrown away because he's broken. Okay. Bad. And five sentient household appliances, I'm now reading, which is Toaster... Blanky, radio, lampy, and a vacuum cleaner named Kirby uh, basically long to reunite with their owner. And so they set off on a trek to find him. So I do have a question here. Everyone else has names that refer to their function besides Kirby. Sure. He's not like sucky (laughs) or vacuumy. Vacuum me. <laughs> Hoover. <laughs> Dirt boy. <laughs> Dirt liquor. <laughs> suck, I suck, w- sounds. Dirt. Yum, not munch. Yum, baby. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is broomy. This is cherry. And this is yum, yum, yum. I like the, the all the <laughs> skin particles that fall on the ground. Um, they nourish it- me. Now, reading this Wikipedia, it apparently was um, the original members of Pixar helped make this movie. Really? Yes. And then there were two sequels. And if you can guess the sequels without looking it up, I will um, cut off your toe for you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, The Brave Little Toasterer. Close. All right. You get one more guess. The Braver Little Toaster? Close. Uh, can I try one more? Sure. Can I try one? 
Brave Little Toaster saves the moon. Okay, you're very close because it's the Brave Little Toaster goes to Mars. What? <laughs> I mean, so the Brave Little look, Toaster goes to the city in his basic plug into the adventure tagline. And then there's also Brave Little Toaster to the rescue, which comes after his trip to Mars. Do you think that maybe he leaves for Mars, however many, it takes what, like 30 years to get to Mars, something mm-hmm. like that in, yeah. in our. Something like that. I say five. It might be five. Um, but however much time passes, we go into global war. He sets up, you know, his Martian colony and then realizes he needs to come back to deescalate the uh, nuclear holocaust that might be happening. <laughs> that's what that's a brave little toaster to say. Now, the plot is longer than you'd expect, but <laughs> I think we would all be remiss if I didn't read to you. The plot of Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. Please. I'm waiting with bated breath. <clears throat> now being married and having moved to 112 Mercer Street. Wait, married? Ho- oh, uh, I think the owner of the toaster is now married. Oh. Rob is the owner of the toaster and Rob's partner is named Chris. Now being married and having moved to 112 Mercer Street, a house formerly owned by Albert Einstein... Oh, okay, got it. Rob and Chris have an infant son named Robbie. And Rob operates a vet clinic and repair shop in the barn outside their house. Can we stop? Can I pause just for a quick moment? Yeah. A vet shop and repair shop? It's like, I like fixing things smaller than me. (laughs) (laughs) Both of them, and they're both in a barn. Wait. I'm assuming happening side by side. This feels, I I know you're going to keep going, but I am worried about the ethics of him shooting off animals and inanimate objects that are somehow sentient into space. This feels like when we like sent dogs to space or monkeys to space to test things. (laughs) To set up their own colony. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to have to move. At first, the appliances all fear that their masters will pay more attention to Robbie, the baby, than to them. Yeah, normal toaster emotion. (laughs) So they're worried (laughs) that the baby will get more attention than them, a sentient toaster. (laughs) God, they never push the toast down in me anymore. (laughs) No, I know it needs to eat, but the only way that I survive is through the crumbs. (laughs) The whole concept of Brave Little Toaster feels like Toy Story was the next progression, but they just didn't quite think another two minutes to yeah, get they there. Didn't nail it. They were like, <laughs> yes, exactly. They're like, what's something cool that would be sentient only when the owners don't see it? Uh, blenders. Blenders. <laughs> <laughs> what's something people are really attached to? Toasters. <laughs> Toasters. <laughs> All right. One night, Toaster awakes to find the hearing aid in the attic received in a message that appears to be transmitted from space. The next morning, Toaster, that is the name, Toaster. Sure. Informs the other appliances and Ratso, the family's pet rat, of the messages, leading to the appliances and Ratso agreeing to watch the junk drawer in case the hearing aid suspiciously escapes again. 
The following night, the hearing aid escapes from the drawer into the attic once more. Robbie, the baby, awakened by the sound of this space transmission, climbs out of his crib and follows it. The appliances awaken, find the baby going up the stairs, and pursue him, leading them to the attic just as a beam of light appears. The shocked appliances pursue hearing aid, but in spite of this, the baby is beamed into space. You know, I'm actually glad that it wasn't like, this baby and these toasters made a rocket ship, because that would have made me feel really bad about what I've done with my life. (laughs) You know, like, everyone was like, oh, you gotta, like... You're going to chase your passions while you're at stay at home because you've got so much more time, which is a myth. We don't have more time. We're much more emotionally stressed. But like, wow, this baby and these sentient inanimate objects. You know, I literally just unplugged my toaster oven because I wasn't using it as much and took it off of the prime real estate on the counter because it was taking up more space. Like, imagine how shitty I would feel if I came, like I went out for my daily walk came back and my toaster oven which i didn't even really want was like yeah i uh i'm soft world hunger <laughs> i i really right, it would be the like, flapping door like i soft world hunger hello my <laughs> name is toaster oven <laughs> but toaster I, owen <laughs> i'm afraid that i do have to keep going <laughs> 22 minutes into the recording about dinosaurs. (laughs) I really think this is worth it because after grilling hearing aid and learning that the baby has been transported to Mars in his place, the appliances contact Wittgenstein, an old supercomputer who is a friend from their college days. (laughs) Wait, from whose college days? Did the toasters go to college? (laughs) The toasters apparently went to college. Now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I I have to interrupt you, sir. I know it's actually Toaster Esquire. I do have a JD. I passed the bar. I passed the New York bar, which is literally a bar. Don't treat me like I didn't get a degree on the dean's list. Yeah, I had straight A's. I was Phi Beta Kappa. You really hate to know it, but I do have to continue no, on. Please keep going. The appliances along with their friend from college. I'm kind of elaborating some of this, but they make a makeshift spacecraft using a ceiling fan, a laundry basket, the microwave, and microwavable popcorn as fuel. Wait, hold on. I need to... I'm so sorry that I have to interrupt you. Um, Is is microwave sentient, or are they just sacrificing one of their own? Um, That part feels... uh, (laughs) Who Not gets, Who gets to have life and who doesn't? <laughs> what kind of god created this electronic hellscape in which some household appliances can live and some stay inanimate? It's also really important to me that it seemed important early on that Albert Einstein owned the house and it is not mentioned again. Yeah, right. Um. So basically, Ratso is behind with two baby monitors to monitor it. During their flight through space, the appliances meet a pack of sentient balloons who have been let go by human hands and now float endlessly through the cosmos. That's terrifying. You know how kids' movies sometimes have incredibly terrifying concepts? 
Like, yes. that is being like, hey, kids, we're floating balloons and we signify purgatory. <laughs> we live in the liminal. Moving on, the appliances reach Mars. Uh, they have a rough landing and they encounter multiple satellites from Earth, uh, including and also a Christmas angel named Tinselina, what? who is sent to Mars. They also find the baby now encased in a bubble that allows him to survive in space. However, upon their arrival, the appliances and Tinselina are taken hostage by an army of military toasters who escort them to their supreme commander, a colossal refrigerator. What? I... Intent on averting the Earth's destruction and with an upcoming election, Toaster <laughs> decides to challenge the supreme commander for his seat, appointing hearing aid as the running mate. As Toaster and Supreme Commander engaged in a debate, Robbie is able to push a hand out of his bubble and touch the Supreme Commander, who is overcome with warmth. The election ends with Toaster, the victor. So I, you know how I made that joke about, uh, like, de-escalating nuclear warfare? Yes. It seems like that's what was happening. Hearing aid reveals that his brother originally belongs to Albert Einstein. Okay. Who forgot who lost the hearing aid in the wake of World War II, during which he fell into the hands of a Nazi leader whose ideals influenced him. Wait, we've got a superhero, back, super villain backstory for a hearing aid? Yeah. And we it, have it a is, Nazi hearing aid? We do have a Nazi hearing aid. So anyway, that's that's my story about dinosaurs. <laughs> Do we really believe that dinosaurs had feathers? 100%. 100%. But I don't think... So you're saying if they had feathers on their body, Yeah, right? on their body, yeah. I am picturing them all wearing feather boas. <laughs> sure. I think dinosaurs dressed like old showgirls. <laughs> Long cigarettes. <laughs> Asking you to come up and see them sometime. Yeah. Well, they needed T-Rexes needed long cigarette holders because they couldn't reach their mouths. <laughs> Putting peroxide in their hair so they looked more like Marilyn Monroe and Greta Garbo. <laughs> Look, hon, the only way to smile is to make sure you're smiling in that chorus line is to put Vaseline in your teeth. <laughs> Which is a real thing that a theater professor told me once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beauty queens, too. It makes you force yourself to smile and they shine. I do it every morning. <laughs> I do have terrible vac Vaseline poisoning. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. But, you know, yeah. it's worth it. Yeah, totally worth it. Do you think they had feathers? Yeah, 100%. But it also then, I don't know why people aren't more afraid of birds because they're just little dinosaurs. You know what I mean? Are you afraid of birds? Yeah, I don't like birds. They got little dinosaur feet. They seem dirty. That Jeez. makes it sound like I'm prejudiced, but <laughs> dirty little birds. Yeah. Paula, can we try a little experiment? Yeah. How many dinosaurs do you think we can name in a minute? Okay, I'll set my timer. And we'll trade off so we're not talking over each other. Oh yeah. And but you can pass if we want to. Okay. Or just uh, jump in for the other person. All right, ready? Yep. You start and go. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Stegosaurus. Pterodactyl. Uh, we're saying the official names, right? 
Sure. Or nicknames. Um, Bronchiosaurus. Ooh. Uh, uh, Triceratops? Mm-hmm. Um, raptors. <laughs> uh, the one that's got, like, the club tail. You know what I mean? The one that's got, like, the big tail that looks like a mace. Okay. Uh, oh, Stegosaurus. Did we say Stegosaurus? I don't think we did. I don't think so. I don't remember. Um, oh, man. All right. Well, we, were, we lasted for 30 seconds. Yeah, we did. And I feel like we got further than I thought we were going to get. I think dinosaur knowledge is one of those things that in elementary school, you're like, it's currency. Come up all the freaking time. <laughs> and then as an adult, it's like no one ever you know, walk into a job interview and they go, so tell me, what is your favorite dinosaur? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> or they're like, uh, so as a prerequisite for this, um, uh, we, we, we're really excited for you to be interviewing here at Google. Uh, we really like your, your, um, your resume and you've gone through three rounds of interviews already. We've brought you on site to the Mountain View campus, um, for your final round of interviews. Uh-huh. And, um, here's what we're going to do. It's more of kind of a fun, practical kind of consulting interview. What we're going to do is I'm going to put some dinosaurs up on the board and you're going to have to name them. <laughs> and if you can't name, uh, seven out of 10, uh, I'm sorry, you can't work at Google. You're not Google's not a good fit for you. You're not Google material. You could go down the street to Facebook, maybe, but not Google. Um, can you imagine if job interviews were just all questions like that you thought were gonna be really important as a little kid? Yeah, it's like little kid trivia, essentially. (laughs) Dad and they're like, so welcome to H and R Block. Um, University of Michigan. That's a great school, very impressive. Um, so I guess my first question for you is what is your second favorite color? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we're we're very very excited to have you here at accenture um really just outstanding you know top yeah, of your class looks like you're very impressed very impressed also it doesn't hurt that your dad uh worked here for a number of years wink wink ah. nudge, nudge. Ah. we have a we'd like we have a um just a blank birdhouse and a box full of googly eyes you've got four minutes <laughs> to put as many googly eyes as you can on this box <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, welcome to Deloitte. Uh, so glad you could come in today. Um, looking at your resume, I mean, this is amazing. A Peace Corps, huh? I love seeing that on these. Um, so I guess kind of to kick this off, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that the floor is lava. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a real bit TV show now. Did you see this? No. What is it about? There is a TV game show called The Floor is Lava, where the whole game is you have to go through an obstacle course and you can't touch the floor as a team. You know, (laughs) I didn't really think that I'd found my purpose in life, but (laughs) I think that's changed. It feels like you should be an executive producer of this show. (laughs) The show is called Floor is Lava. (laughs) It's called Tag. That's a movie that just came out. We've run out of ideas as society. I have another fun game for us. Ooh, I sometimes I feel like, and this is a good thing. This is how I want to be treated at all times by everyone. Sometimes I feel like I'm a small child on a road trip. And I demand constant games. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Just like, I need new content to stretch my mind. Because <laughs> otherwise I'll scream or maybe throw up. 
<laughs> like we're just passing cornfields and it's like, Paula, Paula, I have another game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paula, I, if you keep kicking my seat, we're not gonna. <laughs> um, all right. So here's the game. We're going to name off some dinosaurs mm-hmm. and we're going to figure out what job those dinosaurs have. Ooh, if they were okay. working adults. And they should have been. I know. That's why they died off, right? 35 years old. Good. What were they doing? The, the Clearly the free economy. If they'd pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, then they would have been able to survive a meteor. <laughs> <laughs> um, the American dream. Yes. So we are on the website, thoughtco.com slash dinosaurs, A to Z, 1093748. Just Google thoughtco. A to Z dinosaurs. You'll or find complete it. list of dinosaurs. Yeah. This Honey, is a lot of dinosaurs, it. Paula. And we're gonna do every single one. <laughs> All right, let's start with uh let's start with a softball. All right. Stegosaurus. Bike messenger. <laughs> what about them feels like a bike messenger? The whole thing, it just feels like a stegosaurus is gonna be at a party, like kind of judging me. You know, mm. not that bike messengers are, but I think of bike messenger as peak cool job. I think that they're a bike messenger, but they also have a cool side gig. Um, but it's really, really specific, you know? Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. um, I make like paper collages out of old printed out, uh, tweets from the president. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I do want to note that ThoughtCo has put a little editorial spin on this and that for every dinosaur on this list, there is a short description of what they are. And, and that is ste- going to be helpful. And for Stegosaurus, it is the small-brained, spike-tailed, plant-eating dinosaur. Okay, that's exactly how people describe me. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I like that it's not like this is this kind of thing. It's the Small brain, spike tailed plant eating dinosaur. Number one. Also, a uh, small brained, spike tailed plant eating dinosaur does feel like the kind of dinosaur that would be a bike messenger that also uh, has a medium blog where they review movies on the side and have yeah. very like, oh, there was no artistry to this movie. Yeah. And it's like, it's like mainstream movies. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, honestly, like, don't follow the director, follow the cinematographer. Um, all right, I have one for you. Please. Uh, this one is called uh, Eocarcharia. It is a dawn shark that prowled the woodlands of northern Africa. How do you spell that? E-O-C-A-R-C-H-A-R-I-A. As you may have guessed from its name, it is closely related to the Carcharodonosaurus, the great white shark lizard. Can you imagine? Great this, white shark lizard? Yes, but this one is 25 feet long, 1,000 pounds, and that's considered small. Isn't that wild? And it uh, has a strange bony ridge over its eye that it would use to headbutt other males. I mean, this feels like a personal trainer, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> feels like trying to like get you to but not the personal trainer that's like like really 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 sincere and earnest in that yeah. way but also is trying to offload all this way that he bought yeah yeah 
Yeah. It seems like a, like a second or third tier trainer. Yes, exactly. You know, it's not like a trainer to the stars. It's a trainer that like you're going to his garage and it costs like 10 bucks an hour. Right. And he keeps saying stuff like, you want to lift with your back. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yes, exactly. And that, but he's still posting on Instagram like he's a big star. Yes. And also in his bio, uh, he describes himself as a personal trainer slash entrepreneur. But you yes. have never seen an example of what that means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's all about muscle shock. Yeah. Confusing the muscles. Yeah. Josh, besides birds, which is made up, birds and dinosaurs are not cousins. Um, <laughs> I have a PhD in paleontology. Um, mm. Do you know what is, is what kind of dinosaurs still exist to this day? Crocodiles. Dino chicken nuggets. Mm. They're dynamite. <laughs> they are. Society, instead of solving major problems, has said to itself, do kids need help eating chicken nuggets? And the answer <laughs> was a resounding yes. So they yeah. invented chicken nuggets in the shape of dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's interesting to me the fact that we think we can play God by trying to make certain meats look like other meats mm. in that we're like, you're not eating chicken, you're eating dinosaur and that's okay. <laughs> like different. Yeah. It's different. We don't need to worry about humane treatment of dinosaurs. They're all dead already. That's why we're eating them. So- Chris eat up. It's kind of the same vibe as like, I remember a big thing in my uh, school, like with school lunches was smiley face potatoes. And it's like, Oh my God. Smiley fries. Like, I completely forgot about smiley fries. It's like, did, Were kids not eating their French fries? Is that kind of the problem here? <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I wish more fancy high end food had like limbs, like fake limbs that you could bite off in a certain order. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, like you, know, you go I, to a Lenia, you go to like a five-star restaurant, and they're like, this is the sea urchin built in the shape of a moo cow. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's a bad example because like people eat cow. Sure, 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 sure. But I, I, I mean, but you know, like even like animal crackers, like mm-hmm. I don't know, this, maybe this means that I'm a psychopath, but I was like, I'm clearly going to eat the head, the head off first. Well, yeah. Or you have a strategy or like you're going to eat the legs off first or whatever. Like, you know your progress in eating it by which limbs you've detached with your mouth first. Now that I think about it, like I was really excited about smiley fries. Like I would always get more excited when we have smiley fries. But that's like closer to cannibalism. Yes. You know, I just feel like I only want to eat it if I can tell that it has a face. Just disembodied human faces. So along this logic... Do you think that the brave little toaster would be more delicious than a normal toaster? Because <laughs> you know it's it's sentient? Absolutely. I want to know that that <laughs> toaster had feelings. <laughs> Was worried it would be neglected for a human child. <laughs> I, I hate to go back to this again, but... <laughs> but you have to. <laughs> if they were worried about it being neglected for a human child and the baby got beamed up into space... Why didn't that solve the toaster's problem? Sad for parents. <laughs> but that child isn't going to take the attention anymore. Also, in this world, are all 
appliances sentient or is this one man just cursed <laughs> right exactly he's got a king midas situation that whenever he makes <laughs> whenever he uses household items they become sentient i think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about barney at least for a quick second oh yes the purple dinosaur well he existed <laughs> yeah. bye-bye end of episode it's weird how many uh now celebrities were barney kids really Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato. I did not realize that. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the yeah the the best way to become famous and having a pop career is having very rich parents and or and, being and a Barney I, kid. And I'm telling you right now, having rich parents is kind of the key to a lot of things. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Makes things a lot easier. It does make things a lot easier. Um. Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of my thing on Barney. Were you a Barney kid? I was not. My brother kind of liked Barney, but I did not really like Barney. And my parents have actually thanked me for that in the past, where they were like, thank God you didn't like Barney. That show sucked. Oh, rude. <laughs> did you, were you a Barney kid? Big Barney kid. Big Barney <laughs> <laughs> Loved him. A dinosaur head? Yeah, I loved him. Um, it is interesting. Barney's kind of one of those things that, like, was it a big move for you, um, when you were kind of aging out of Barney, even though you were not into it, sure, sure, sure. everyone would bully Barney. Like, I remember my friend getting a Barney pinata for his birthday because he wanted to bash its head in. Like, Barney <sighs> got a lot of hate. I mean, at a certain point, you got to kill your heroes to fly. You know what I mean? Uh, I wonder if that's a specific Barney thing. Yes, they in fact they made uh they made a movie about it. I wish I could find the name of it. One second. I don't remember the name, but they they did make a documentary about it. That's crazy. Yeah. Listeners, if you have Unless home, I dreamed it. <laughs> I think that's gonna do it for us. I think that's gonna do it for us. Thank you, as always, for listening for another week. We really appreciate it. Um if you're liking what you're hearing, maybe tell a friend. We, uh, we've got some big goals for the rest of uh, 2020 um, in terms of, you know, just trying to put out content that's, that's earnest and sincere and great. And if you think that someone in your life could use maybe a, a shot of earnestness, if you wouldn't mind recommending it to a friend, it would mean a lot to us. Um, and our big goal is to be Joe Biden's vice presidential candidate. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um thank you also again for we have to say it again for your generosity we last week um gave the donations that everyone raised for brave space alliance and for um affinity community services just wow 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 being able to give almost six hundred dollars to each of those organizations is thanks to all of you Truly. And we're going to do a second part uh, very soon. So um, we'll talk about it on here. We'll post about it on social media. Do not worry. If you have earnest moments of the week, we have been bad about asking for them. So please send them in. <laughs> we really need mine, earnest moments. We really need them. I guess mine is tomorrow. I'm doing a glamour photo shoot with Grandma the Kitten. Wow. Could you give exciting. us a like a little taste of what the, the people can expect? Is there any... Yeah. Are, like any hints? Yeah, so there's going to be a couple looks, uh, but the main ones include uh, 80s glamour shot, you know, like what you would get them all, and um, cowgirls. 
Wow. Yeehaw. Am I right? Yeehaw. Well, uh, definitely have- will post them. <laughs> uh, if you have earnest moments, things that you witness in the world, please send them our way. Um, we are at being earnest pod on social media, pretty much everywhere. Or you can email us being earnest pod at gmail.com. Thank you as always to our good friend, Ryan Cruz for our beautiful logo. You can follow her on Instagram at, at RB cruiser and Dylan Dutch for our wonderful theme song. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Dylan Dutch. And until next week, just remember that no matter how good your CV looks, if you don't have a favorite color, you're not getting that job. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Why not be?